I don't want to talk about that. I'm more more issues to be talking about than that. The time right. was still, still dark at the start, but it got brighter and brighter nearly every oh, day. Yeah, mine over six months because this is our season. I think that's a rough. I'm up to the gutter to get where I am. I'm delighted to be here, but it's been earned. It's, that's it's, for a, sure. it's a great honour. It's kind of surreal, really. The whole thing has okay, been. Okay, you've won them all, and that's pretty mental. What people in social media have done is disgusting. This is Sportsbeat Extra. On today's show, I'm speaking with a man who has just recorded a six-straight victory with Waterford Football Club. But first, it's all about racing. I'm Sean Connolly, and you are very welcome to Sportsbeat Extra. Sportsbeat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. We've something very special to kick off this week's show Ireland's number one elite cycling event for men is returning after a four-year absence. Riders will cover an astonishing 756 kilometres as they battle it out for the historic Ross jersey. Now, I'm very pleased to be joined by race director Ger Campbell. How are you doing today, Ger? Good, Sean, yeah. Good, good to speak to you. Good to speak to you, yeah. Likewise, likewise. So, Ger, to those listening who may be unaware of what it is we're discussing today, as race director, would you kindly introduce the event, please? Uh, Ross Talton, uh, you know, has a huge, a huge history in Irish in Irish sporting terms. I suppose uh, first held as a two day in 1953, and then held in different guises over the next 66 editions. It went from a two day to an eight day, then it went to a nine day, a ten day, and came back and found its niche as an eight day. I suppose about 20 years ago, and uh, ran, as I said, for 66 continuous editions from 1953 up to 2018. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the basic history of the race, yeah. And, and what a history it is. I mean, the race yeah. itself is obviously now based over five stages, the first commencing in Dublin and, and ending in Tipperary. Can you tell us a bit about the different expectations in each stage? Yeah, look, it, we've had to scale it back uh, because, as I said, it hasn't been held in... in, in uh, in four years, 2019, it was a, a financial issue. It wasn't run. Uh, and then, obviously, 2020 and 2021 were, were both due to, to, to COVID issues. And uh, this five-day race has been planned, I suppose, since about October 2019. Uh, the, the actual logistics of putting it together is difficult. Uh, we, have to try and, we have to try and do different stages. That's going to suit different riders. You can't have the one type of terrain every day. That's you know going to suit one particular style of rider, so yeah, yeah. we try and mix and match it as best as we can, you know. So that's what I think we've come up with a, a fairly good route this year in that in that regard. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It certainly reads very well. So there's a significant change to uh, stage two this year in recognition of the accomplishments of a man who's very deserving. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as I said, um, we're delighted to be going back to the kingdom. Obviously, King, the kingdom Kerry played a huge part in the history of the race, and all of fifty years ago, nineteen seventy two. The, the the event was won was won by one of the great carry riders of all time, a, a guy called John Mangan, and uh, we we uh, he's very much hale and hearty and still with us. It's not a memorial stage or anything like that. Too much. No, no, no. It's just uh, it's just a stage that we're we're, uh, we're dedicating to him and and the fact that it's fifty years ago since that memorable victory in nineteen seventy two, and we hope to have John with us at the at the. The finish in Castle Island uh, uh, on stage two, yeah. Absolutely. And John had, I mean, he had an absolutely astonishing career, both home and abroad, particularly in France, didn't he? Yeah, he, he went to France. He went to France, I suppose, after the, after the 72 and 73, I think probably 1973, he went to France and he, he made a huge name for himself there. Uh, and he stayed there for, 
he stayed there for a long time, 10 or 15 years, and, and became a household name in France on, on the racing circuit. Came home again and I think competed in the Ross again around about 1980 or 1981, where, where I think he won a stage in, in 1980, I think. But he was missing from the Ross for probably seven or eight years. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, he, has a, he has a huge history in the Ross and a huge history in Irish Icon, yeah. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And I suppose in addition to that, the final stage of this year's RAS, which is finishing in Black Rock, commemorates the memory of another well-known rider from that particular area, Noel McGuill. Um, Noel McGuill, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 um, a, it's a fitting tribute, isn't it? It's a fitting tribute, and ironically, it's from the same RAS. You know, John Mangan won the RAS in 1972, and uh, sadly, on the same, the same edition of the race in 1972, young, young Noel McGuill, who was riding for the Loud team at the time, uh, Sadly, lost his life in a tra- tragic accident up, up in a place called Ballantra in, in, in County Donegal. And, uh, yeah, we're dedicating the last stage to his memory. And, again, we hope to have some of his siblings there to, to, to accept a little award on, from the race, you know. Yeah, well, that's absolutely beautiful. And it is, it's fitting that he is acknowledged and remembered with that particular final stage. It's, it's wonderful. After a four-year absence, what does it mean to you to have this wonderful event back on Irish Shores? Personally, it means everything. Yeah, it means everything. Um, you know, events come and go, and there have been there have been other events in Irish cycling that have come and gone. Some some were very successful. Some were professional events, but they did come and go. And the Ross, the Ross survived through all of those other things. Uh, you know, I suppose in the Kelly Roach era, in, in in when you know we had the number one and number two ranked riders in the world at that time. Uh, you know, they had. Um, the the, the 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 professional tour of Ireland here at at the time, and you know the crowds were ten and twenty deep at barriers, trying to get a glimpse of the heroes at the time, and and to a certain extent the Ross would have suffered, uh, because we wouldn't have been allowed to have the type of rider that Roach and Kelly were at the time in the event. And, you know we 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 suffered a little bit in that regard, but we survived and grew the race, and it went on then in the nineties to become a UCI ranked event in its own right, and. Yeah, it, it means everything to me to have it back. And it was in, in 2019, it couldn't be run for financial constraints. And the last two years were obvious why it didn't happen. And my own feeling this year was that if it didn't happen this year in some form, it probably might never happen again. Well, it's wonderful that it is back there. And I suppose also on a personal level, you have the distinct honour of being race director this year. You must be over the moon with that. Um, yeah, it's not something I look for, to be perfectly honest. Um we formed a six-man promotions group uh, back in 2019, at the end of 2019, looking forward to 2020. And at that stage, uh, Eugene Moriarty, who's still part of our working group, was was, uh, was was to be the race director. And Eugene Eugene is uh, now based in, in uh, Amsterdam in Holland and has recently, just at the beginning of this year, taken on a, a, new, uh, a new job. So it would have been very difficult, given, given that he's based in Amsterdam and given he's taken on a new job, to do it so yeah look I was happy to take it on uh, I have huge respect for the people that went before me doing this job and uh, it's, it's, it's an absolute honour yeah it's an honour it definitely is and with everything that's happening now what sort of international representation do you expect during the race uh, well just in the process at the moment of, of, of announcing uh, visiting teams that, that's coming to us um, we announced three there on Monday um, one is a team that's coming from Holland uh, they've come They've come previously to Ireland to race in Ross Moon, based down in Kerry. Uh, we have we announced also a team from the Isle of Man the other day, which um, they supplied the winner. Uh, he's a, a native of the Isle of Man. He was riding on the Kerry team in 1997, I think it was, 
a guy called Roach. He he won the race in nineteen ninety seven. And they have a huge tradition with the race. And we we announced a, a UK team the other day as well, um, Spirit Spirit Racing team coming from the UK. We'll have um, along, uh, you know, it, it, the, the most we can have is thirty five teams. We're, we're governed by uh, UCI regulations, which which maxes the race at one hundred and seventy six riders. So that means to us thirty five five man teams. Uh, we we always wanted to give the race this year back to the county rider. Uh, back to its roots, if you like. So we before we, before we committed to letting in x amount of, of of visiting teams, we made sure that any Irish team that wanted to ride it were facilitated. So when we got to that stage, then uh, we were able to open it up a little bit. Now it's not a UCI race this year; it's not on the UCI calendar, but that doesn't make it any less international. In that we have ten visiting teams coming from abroad. Yeah. Yeah, still a large representation, and obviously with the, the the Netherlands team, you've got Tino Hackman there coming through, and as you obviously made mention with the Isle of Man, you're looking at Andrew Roach. I mean, the winner from '97. Is there any eyes set on Irish eyes being potentially successful in any stages? Yeah, I think I I think I, I think the Irish guys have probably a better chance. It, the, the the last Irish winner was in the 2008 edition, and that was Stephen Gallagher, who was riding for the time uh, for the unpushed Sean Kelly team. And you know it was a very popular victory because at the time he was riding for for the, for a team who were also sponsoring the event, so that was a very happy moment for the sponsors. I suppose you know he was a member of the Unpost team, and it was the Unpost Ross then. Uh, so that's the that's the last time we had an Irish winner. We had we had some Irish stage winners since, but I would be very hopeful of of a, an Irish winner this year. Actually, yeah, uh, particularly Sigrun Ulster. Southern Ulster announced a really, really strong team the other day, and it would—it's a team that really stands out. Absolutely, yeah. Wouldn't it be great after a four-year hiatus if we could get an Irish winner and at least a stage, if not outright over it, it'd be fantastic. What sort of advice would you offer someone yourself now who's as experienced as you are? What sort of advice would you offer to any budding cyclist who would be considering starting or possibly even taking their training to the next level? Look, uh, the Ross is a very—it's a, a very hard race, and traditionally, you know, as I said, going back to its roots, it's. it's its, its roots is, is made up of county teams. But then these international guys started coming when it was on the UCI calendar and all the rest. And I suppose it was a little bit faster in latter years. But, you know, going back even to my own time riding it, there was never such a thing as an easy Ross. They were always always difficult in, in their own way. Uh, look, guys taking it up, it's a hard sport. It is a very, very hard sport. There's no point in saying anything different. Um, but, you know, I've seen, I've seen young lads who've, at 15 and 16 were, you know, not very good. And they came through and were better than their peers at the time five years later. Absolutely, you know. Eddie Dunbar, I suppose, really stands out with that one. Eddie, even to this day, and he won't, he won't mind me saying that, is not a great sprinter. So when he was 15 or 16, he used, used to lose out on a lot of races because he wasn't a very good sprinter. And he might finish fifth or sixth or something like that. But a couple of years later, when Eddie came into junior, he just came into his own and... He won the Junior Tour of Ireland twice, you know, and he's the only rider in his 45-year history or whatever to win it twice. So, basically, stick with it. Yeah, that's, just stick with it, yeah. That's it. It's a very disciplined sport, absolutely very disciplined, yeah. It's a disciplined sport, absolutely, but it shows, I suppose, that with perseverance and continuation through your actual trade, that there is great reward to be had from it. Finally, Ger, for the cycling enthusiast, what time and date do you roll out? Yeah, well, well, look, we're absolutely we're rolling out Hitala in Dublin on 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 the fifteenth of June at uh, at, tw- at twelve noon, and you know it's, we 
been working really, really hard ahead for the past six months, and in particularly the past month, putting all the putting all the nitty gritties together. But you know, we have at the hardest part. I thought I thought around this race this year would possibly be, I suppose, putting the band back together, as in their crew and staff and all that. But that has come together quite easily. In actual fact, um, the band is back together. And our, our hard part is to deliver the race, and we get now there at 12 noon on the 15th. I know that the 100, 100 issue officials, they all do their 1%. We're going to have a very successful event, absolutely, yeah. Brilliant. And uh, I can't wait for it, and I'm sure everyone else will share the same. The very best of luck with it, too. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for your time. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. I'm joined now by a man who has rekindled the optimism among the Waterford support. The interim manager of Water FC, Mr. Gary Hunt. Gary, you're very welcome to the show. How are you today? Good, Sean. Thanks. And yourself? I'm doing very well. I can't complain. It's nice and sunny outside, so uh, I don't think anybody can complain. Let's kick it off on last night's match. Waterford 4, 3 United nil. Four different scorers. Can I get your assessment of the night's work? Yeah, um, great, like always. You know, when, when you win a game by that by that margin, you know, you're always happy. But I suppose for us, keeping the clean sheet is, is the most important thing. And, and then, obviously, the goals are the... The icing on the cake at the end for us. Um, so we're, we're delighted with the with that going into the halfway point now of the season. Yeah, definitely. And um, always nice as well. Obviously, clean sheet, fantastic. But to get four four goals from four different scorers is always fantastic as well. Is there any fallout from the tie? Any injuries or anything of note? And uh, no, obviously Keane has Keane has come on and come off again. He's 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 got an injury and in, in, in heading the heading the football and, and taking a head injury there. He's I think he's possibly has a broken nose. So we'll we'll need to assess that and and have a little look at that. Um, over over we've a couple of days off now where we can regroup and we've two weeks before we play again against Cork so hopefully it's nothing too serious and um, we have you know Yas coming back into the squad Callum injured the previous week you know so we're doing okay injury wise uh, hopefully we'll be in a better place though in, in two weeks time from that side of things Yeah well I suppose it's it's fortuitous given the, the game that's upcoming that you do have a bit of respite when there is a couple of little niggling bits there I suppose since suffering defeat to Cork, 18th of April, yourself and David took the reins of a side that obviously had endured a somewhat traumatic period. Fast forward six weeks, and the side are now six games unbeaten after recording maximum points in that time. Now, always, obviously, with the absolute best respect to Ian Morris, who is a great guy, what have you and the coaching staff installed that has seen the change in fortunes over the past six weeks? Yeah, no, I don't think, I think it's important to acknowledge the the work that Ian done, you know, Ian, Ian brought us in and trusted us to give him a hand and for one reason or another it, it didn't work unfortunately and we've just been tasked now to try and steady the ship and we've been in a position to be able to get, as you said, six wins on the bounce and, you know, myself and, and the rest of the staff, I have to give credit to all of us because, you know, we've worked hard and we've got the players to buy into maybe what we wanted to do or what we wanted to try to do but we've also said to the players, you know, that that they need to work hard too, that they need to roll up their sleeves and realise that what they were doing wasn't good enough. And to be fair to them, they've gone and, and they've gone and dug deep and, you know, you said we're, we've gone six now, six wins in a row is fantastic for the club, you know, and, and now we can start to really look forward and, as I say, Cork coming around the corner, you know, we're now getting closer to them each week and if we get in a position where we can catch one of them, even better. Oh, definitely. And I think one thing from the outside looking in, Obviously, with what was going on prior to the defeat in Cork in April, to see the response from a group, particularly so young in the squad, it's, it's, it's got to bolster very, very good in moving forward that the attitude and, and the correct sort of persona and desire to win is in the dressing room. Over 25 years since the club 
have managed to record a, a winning run of this nature as, as a local man and a local coaching team. You must be extremely proud of that, are you? Yes, I, I didn't know it was 25 years now, but um, no, we are, look, as I said, myself, Dave and the rest of the lads, we're all we're all local lads and we want the best for this club and we want to be back in the Premier Division. So, you know, we're going to leave no stone unturned. You've mentioned there, it, it is a young squad. You know, every one of those players, bar the few senior players we have who are important to us, but the rest of them are learning on the job, you know. And, you know, each week, and I use Roland as an example, he's been playing and he's he's not been contributing goals or assists. And in Cove, he goes and gets three assists. And last night, he gets us a goal and an assist. So, you know, it shows me that he's he's finding himself and, and finding his worth in the team, you know. So for them young guys, having that opportunity to learn uh, on the pitch is fantastic. And, you know, we're, we're delighted to be able to offer that at the moment. And as you said, six wins out of six is great for that. Yeah, you can't ask for any more than that. And obviously last night's result was bolstered by what went on in Galway. I mean, it's closed the gap now to seven points from top. Confidence must be at an all-time high heading to Turner's Cross to be able to rectify that result in April when you go there in the 10th of June. Yeah, we were disappointed. We've, we've played them twice, Cork, already. And, and I'm feeling on the wrong side of the result. So that that's going to play on us. You know, we want to make sure we fix that because we don't feel that we're two defeats worse than Cork you know we we need to work hard and we need to work harder again when we come when that game comes around but we'll be ready you know and we'll look forward to it because as I said our aims are to push on and to get back into the Premier Division and we know the reality of it is the first place goes up and the next four go into a playoff so if there's an opportunity for us to kick on and get that top spot by winning these big games you know we want to do that and, and we need to be prepared for that when it comes around Well definitely and as a supporter uh, the first division is extremely entertaining at the moment. Obviously, you had what was going on with Cork and Galway, Waterford, uh, yourselves following up and with, with with six wins in a round. But I think, and I need to be kept on fourth place with Longford as well because they're doing some good stuff in Longford too. So it makes it very, very enjoyable as as a spectator, and it's fantastic for the league in general that we have such competitive nature at the top of the table coming to this particular point. Now, obviously, there's less than half of the season played. There's already been twists and turns, but there's there's plenty more twists and turns remaining in the season. Given the amount of youth that make up the first team, how is the dressing room geared for that particular run, particularly over the next five, six weeks? Yeah, uh, I think you mentioned their youth. You know, I look at it over the last few weeks, and we only spoke about it last night. We've been in a position to give five debuts over the last six games, you know, and, and they've been warranted debuts as well. You know, it's not just token gestures as such. So we're delighted to give these chance, these guys an opportunity and a platform to go and, you know, make a name for themselves and, and play Senior senior football in in Ireland in the League of Ireland, and as you said, it's this year is a, it's a highly competitive league. You know, we played Longford last week, and if we lost that game, we were in fourth place. So we've been in a position to win it, and we strengthen our our points difference now by winning last night. So you know, there's not much room for error either side of us, um, and and teams are going to be wanting to to be ready. And, and below Longford, you've Treaty, Wexford, and Cove, and, and and other teams fighting for that final playoff spot. So. The way it the way it falls out like that, I think it's going to it's going to be competitive all the way down to the last couple of weeks um, for those spots. And you know, if we're in a position where we're we're fighting for that top spot, and it, in those last few weeks, we'll be delighted, and, and hopefully that's going to be the case. And momentum is a huge thing for the football players on the field. Obviously, momentum is huge, but momentum is huge when you want to get bums in seats, and you can see that there's a pickup on the ground with people getting into the grounds. But you can also see it on social media. There's a positive response people getting behind the club, and it's what you want to see. Staying with youth, someone yourself as a UEFA A-license holder, former under-19s head coach, how proud are you personally with the development of the local players at the club? Obviously, you've touched upon the five first-team debuts in six weeks. Tremendous achievement, but you must be extremely proud of what's going on. 
Oh, most definitely, you know, as I said, we're local lads and like we've all worked in the underage setup and like there's a high portion of the players in our squad that I've coached from a young age. Like look at Dean Larkin who makes his debut last night. You know, Dean's from Tremor, the same as me. I've coached Dean from near from eight years of age in Tremor, you know, so a proud moment for him and his family and even for myself who's coached him at that age you know to, to be in a position to, to go and say look you've, you've earned this you know go out and show everyone what you can do you know so it's fantastic but we've had some good players go not just Waterford they've gone stateside you know we've Colin Whelan who's, who's gone on to play with UCD and been a fantastic and unfortunately has picked up an injury for himself but um, as I said it's, it's great to see guys transition from grassroots football to elite underage to eventually go and play League of Ireland first team football and it's a proud moment for everyone involved then. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I've been involved in the scene myself for over 20 years so I know what it's like being out on, on that grassroots pitch seeing five, six-year-olds and trying to just encourage them to want to keep the desire to keep playing the game over the years. So when you actually see the end result and you get to give a, a League of Ireland debut to a player, I can only imagine the sheer sense of pride you felt. So it deserves serious congratulations on your part as well as himself for the hard work that he's put in. Now, obviously, brilliant vibes in Waterford and the momentum that we have heading into that game against Cork. I know you're busy, I don't want to keep you too long, but prior to, to letting go, I, I suppose I can't leave you without touching on the game in France tonight. I'm assuming you're going to be watching, are you? Oh, yeah, any football fan I, I would like to think is, is it's the, the showpiece of club football, isn't it? Who, who have you got? What way are you breaking it down? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm an Everton fan, so <laughs> I suppose... Um, I'd be I'd be shouting maybe for the for the Real Madrid side to to maybe keep Liverpool uh, down a perch or two maybe but I'm looking forward to the game like you look at both teams they're they're both uh, attacking by nature you know so it's going to be really good uh, to see it's going to be a trade off to see what happens there especially I think the the key battle for me is is Trent and Vinicius on on that side of the pitch you know who's going to blink first you know I think that's going to be really interesting I'm looking forward to seeing that battle and how that plays out but. Real Madrid have had some fantastic victories to, to get to the final. You know, is it one step too far? Who knows? Liverpool were almost there last week for the league and they'll want to may, maybe make sure that they can finish on a Champions League trophy for the, the great season they've had. So, no, from a neutral point of view, I hope it's a great game. You have a lot of narrative behind this with the uh, revenge mission from 2018 as well. And I think you, you hit it nail on the head there. I suppose I'm not surprised by someone with the coaching background that you have, but... Trent and Vinicius is, is, is going to be a huge, huge teller. Look, Gary, I won't keep you any longer. Thanks very much for your time. It's been fantastic speaking to you. Congratulations again about last night and the run that you've had. And we look forward to Turner's Cross and the 10th of June. We surely will. And appreciate that, Sean. Thank you very much. Take care, my friend. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. That's it for today's show. If you've got something you want to talk about or if you'd like to come on and speak about your club or association, send me an email at sport at beat102103.com. I'll have a look at it and I'll get back to you. Dean's up next with Beat Anthems.